Streams Church. How are you guys doing? Good. So David is out. He is in his uh, second home, if you know David. He's in Belize right now, <laughs> the place he loves. Uh, we always joke on staff, like, that's, we feel like we're, you know, one of two kids that he has, and Belize is that second kid. So he's over there, um, which is awesome. We're so excited for him. He's going to be back here next week. Uh, but right now, it's my pleasure to introduce our guest speaker, uh, Marty Caldwell. Marty's with Young Life. He's been to over 80 countries. Um, he travels the world talking to young people. Uh, and if you know anything about Young Life, really for us, it's such a big deal. We love Young Life. I was a big part of Young Life growing up. Uh, so please join me in warmly welcoming Marty Caldwell. Thanks, Ray. By the way, David was part of the seeds planted that helped us uh, get Young Life started in Belize. And they had their first weekend camp just a few weeks ago. So uh, there's a, an interconnectivity in all of this. Uh, well, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I do want to say this. Um, if you're going, oh, I'm not thinking that's going to come out of my mouth. It's not in my spirit. There's a sadness or there's a loss or maybe there's a sickness in me. Um, I, I want you to know in the kingdom of God and in a family like Living Streams, um, when you're on this side, um, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us lament and have peace in it is equally important. And it's not a smiley face on the lament. If you read the Bible, there's a lot of lament in the Bible, sadness and sorrow. And we're not afraid to enter into that. And we're not afraid to welcome you into that. If you're in here, and this is the lay the Lord has made, and uh, let me lament, you get to lament. Because this is part of God creating larger hearts, a more compassionate people. And even the ability to have both of these things, joy and celebration and worship and victory, absolutely, equally, compassion and gentleness and lament. We are a people that God is making to have bigger hearts, that we can do both of these things, ha-ha, at the same time. But usually it's a little more one or the other. And I just want to say, if you're here, you're kind of a spirit of lament, welcome, welcome, welcome. Holy moly. You got out of bed this morning and you went to church in sorrow. That's courage. That, that is courage. And I just want to say, I'm impressed. Welcome. You don't have to raise your hand. You just sit with this. But if you're here on this side, I mean, same thing. It's no greater welcome over there or over here. The Lord has made this day. And we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. But we are not afraid to enter into the lament and show compassion to those who are in that spirit today. That's the reality of the kingdom of God, and Living Streams is a place to express that. Welcome into it. This morning, what I want to do is talk about the radical hospitality of Jesus. 
And I, I don't know, hospitality is kind of one of those words that it needs a better marketing group uh, because for the most part, hospitality is just kind of one of those boring, ordinary words. That, well, yeah, that's like uh, flowers, some candles, uh, you know, maybe some cookies, bacon, kind of, you know, it's really ordinary. And by, by the way, I actually think there's lots of elements of hospitality that are ordinary. But in today's world, which is so divided, so polarized, so us, them, us, them, us, them, that the radical nature of hospitality of Jesus and the radical nature of hospitality of the body of Christ is absolutely stunningly subversive and radical. And so it may have some ordinary actions to it, but it is always a response of our hearts realizing the God of the universe welcomes us. So if you would pray with me. Lord, we're so glad we get to be here this morning together. You welcome us. You want us. You love us. You like us. You want to be with us. Well, this is just stunning because you're God. You made all time, all geography, all universes. And you want to be with us and you welcome us into your presence. Wow. Help us to capture that, but also to be captured by that. So that we may express radical hospitality and our own lives, and our homes, our places of work, school, restaurants, neighborhood. Because we want to do your work your way as an expression of knowing how much we are loved. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Simple definition of uh, hospitality. I looked it up in the dictionary. I didn't like it, so I made one up. Any action or set of actions or words or experiences or touch or smell that says to another person or a group of people, I am so glad you are here. Come on in. Let's be together. And, and really, for, for this morning, if you'll allow me, I'm going to kind of use hospitality and belonging and welcome almost interchangeably. I think hospitality is kind of the inner core, the dynamic. But the expression of hospitality is welcome and belonging. Belonging and welcome. And the first one, of course, to express that is the God of the universe. And he says that to you and me, whether we're broken, whether we're falling away, whether we're joyful or lament, we're absolutely in prodigal country. He says to us, before we behave and before we believe that we belong, this is the radical nature of the gospel. It is not like uh, any other religion. It is not like the rules and regulations that we would set up, that we would expect, is, well, you need to have the belief test and then the behavior test, and then you get to belong because you've learned the secret code, you've learned the secret beliefs, you've learned the secret behaviors, and then God says, okay, now you belong with me. God, in Christ most expressly, 
says, you belong with me. Well, wait a minute. I, I don't know the belief system. You belong with me. Well, I certainly don't behave. You belong with me. This is the hospitality of God. And if you don't think that's radical, well, just read the newspaper or actually look at your own family. <laughs> uh, this is not how things work. This is how the gospel works. The gospel is this radical person, Jesus Christ, who expresses to a broken and hurting world, you belong with the God of the universe. Stunning, really, that God is radically hospitable to us. And, 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 and if you believe this, if you have this at your core, then you are most free then to express radical hospitality to others, which uh, most simply is expressed in the second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that ultimately, hospitality, welcome, belonging are of the same kind. They are love your neighbor as yourself. This is it. Sounds so ordinary, sounds so everyday. Uh-huh, uh-huh, it is, it is. It is ordinary. It is everyday. But if you think it's easy, your life is not like mine. <laughs> This is hard work. This is costly work. This has to be a practice. Here, here's what Paul says in Romans. He's kind of riffing. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. This is getting harder as we go. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. And then this little just stands out there screaming at me, practice hospitality. And this is what I would like to inspire you to, practice hospitality. I really like the language of that because it's a little bit better for me than be hospitable because what if I can't be hospitable? What? Okay, good, you can't. But what if you practice? Oh, okay, I could try that. Practice, I'm not good. I have this muscle of hospitality right here. I can't, uh, here we go. I try to lift this. It's, I can't lift it. Okay, get something lighter. Ooh, practice. And so this morning, what I'd like to encourage you in is practice hospitality. Young Life is really kind of laboratory for this with disinterested lost teenagers here and around the world. I have a picture of a greeting and you got to remember, this is Tanzania, so those are probably mostly Muslim kids. These are uh, uh, kids with no background in Christ. And uh, we set up a welcome for them. All right, the little three-wheeler is coming down. And this is flags of all of these nations. Back behind here is a wedding band and about 100 people that are saying to teenagers that don't feel welcome in their neighborhood, don't feel welcome outside of their neighborhood, often not in their own family, maybe nowhere, not in their school. This is, this is a, a hundred people or so singing, dancing, screaming, flag-waving, we are glad you are here. And it is beautiful chaos. This would be at like any Young Life camp anywhere around the world. This just happens to be Tanzania. A really iconic moment for me of hospitality and the importance of welcome happened a few years ago, kind of our first camp in Tanzania. And all the kids had come, they're, they're, they're already here. This is kind of the start, this is, this is the finish. 
and one kid had missed the bus. So he missed out on the greeting. And I kind of go, well, you know, we got to get dinner going. It's a little bit late. I got to button things up. But just have him come and, you know, he'll walk into dinner. Well, you know, if somebody give him a high five, then I'd be great. The Africans go, oh, no, no. We do the same greeting. What? Wait a minute, for the one kid? Yeah. So he gets on the bus by himself. We got to all wait out there for about 30 minutes. He comes down that road. It's hilarious. It is a bus driver and one kid. But by that time, all the kids that had been welcomed had joined us. So now it's about 350 people, and they have set up a gauntlet for him, and he is being greeted like he's a rock and roll star. High five, and I, you know, you know, he's he's disoriented because I think what he had felt was the shame of missing the bus, the maybe I shouldn't come, the maybe I don't belong, and he is overwhelmed. And and the interesting thing to me is not 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 just the believers who had done the first walk, but now everyone's in on the welcome. There is something fundamental that God has wired to us in Genesis one and two that is to be welcoming. And then there is something fundamentally broken from Genesis 3 on that says, play small, play safe, guard, don't share, be in the background. Be with people like you. But Genesis 1 and 2, I think, are fundamentally wired. But it says, you know, here's, you know, 150 Muslim kids and then... 50 atheist kids and 50 nominal Christian kids, and they're all welcoming this one kid. Okay, no duh. Did that, did that kid meet Christ? Yeah, absolutely. He met Christ. So he hears the gospel. He's experienced the gospel because he's had a whole world welcome. You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong. Well, wait a minute. I'm late. I missed the bus. I probably shouldn't be here. And this expression, and, and believe me, this is loud as, as any proclamation could be. It's as fine-tuned and powerful as any sermon could ever be. So when you think about the radical hospitality of God, the radical hospitality of you belong with me, also think about your own chance to express that gospel message to others who feel like they don't belong. To say to them with your words, with your actions, you belong. You are welcome. We are so glad you are here. Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Which of course in the Middle East a couple thousand years ago and still today. If you come into someone's home and you share a meal Often hospitality has to do with food. Good. Something fundamental going on here together. Always has to do with conversation. Always has to do with eye contact, learning names. To say with our body, with our words, with our actions, with our very spirit, I am so glad you are here. And really, when you think about that, I, I think this is, this is generally true with living streams. As David and I talked about this a few months ago, kind of the idea of radical hospitality and that being one of the dynamics of living streams, we really did think 
we're going to hire a high school band for the parking lot. And then we're going to get a bunch of people to come in early to create a gauntlet so that everyone coming in got a high five or a hug or a we're glad you're here, we're glad you're here, we're glad you're here. Now, we were defeated by the logistic, but the heart and the idea were good. But just imagine you coming in this morning. There is a band in the parking lot. And, and, and they're just, they're wailing out some John Philip Sousa tune and, and they're kind of marching in like, hey, what's going on? And, and, and then somebody said, oh, they're here for you. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's the welcome band. They're here playing so that you know how welcome you are. Wow. And then you walk in, get it into the foyer. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of people high-fiving. They're here for you to tell you. You're, this is the kind of place and space this campus desires to be. But here's the cool thing. What if we brought the marching band to your neighborhood in your house or your backyard? Now, really, the marching band is probably some great barbecue, probably some great drinks, probably some fun and games in the backyard, and you got your neighbors coming over, and they feel this welcome. They are treated with, we are glad you are here. You belong. Why? You're one of those weirdo uh, religious people. No response needed. I'm just glad you're here. Okay, now, did they make the direct connection of, oh, well, then God's glad I'm here? Of course not. (laughs) But they experience, hospitality is an experience of the good news that we belong with God in relationship. It's an experience. It's the beginning of what I call the nonverbal proclamation of the gospel. If you think about your own life, there were things that happened around it that told you you belong, that brought you in. You just didn't know what they were. What you said was, I want what they have. Because hospitable people create curiosity. And especially in today's divided world, this is a very subversive activity. Luke 19, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief collector of taxes. He was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. And think about this. We've got Zacchaeus. He's a turncoat. He's a tax collector. He's stealing from people. He's a liar and a cheat. He may live in a big empty house on a hill. <laughs> He's also short. And I think what you must imagine is a powerful but wealthy, isolated, alone individual. And he wants to see what sort of person Jesus was. He doesn't really want to meet him. He doesn't want to go hear a lesson. He wants to see what sort of person he is. So he ran ahead. He climbed in a sycamore fig tree just to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, Zacchaeus knows his internal life. He knows what he's done. He, he's going to spiritual prison, and here's the religious guy, the country rabbi that's calling him out. He didn't have that in mind. He climbed into the tree because he wanted to see what sort of person Jesus was, not to meet him, not to talk to him, not to get a lesson from him, but just to see him. Kind of a curious guy. Remarkable to me 
Jesus knows his name. By the way, become good at names. Know the names of your neighbors, the names of the people you sit next to at school, the names of, if you go to, go to one Starbucks. Don't go to 12 Starbucks. Go to one. Learn people's names. Go to one grocery store. Learn people's names. You want to go shopping with my wife sometime to get one gallon of milk? It'll take an hour because she's got to talk to everybody in Safeway. Guy that cuts the meat, this guy stocking the shelf, she knows all of the people that are checking the groceries. She walks in, they stop her. Susan, how's your mom? I'm going, give me the milk, get me out of here. She's one of my teachers in hospitality and welcoming and belonging. But just think about how crazy that is as a subversive act to go into the Safeway and learn people's names and honor them for their work and ask them questions about their life. I, I promise, experiment, practice on this. Just try this for a couple of weeks. Same grocery store, learn people's names, validate their work, Ask them questions about their life. It'll, I mean, it'll, be, it'll be a little weird at first. They'll go, oh, man, there's a weirdo here. I better call security. But, but they'll get over that pretty quickly. And, and they will, because that's one human being being validating another. And the human being that knows Jesus saying to the other one, regardless of where they are, you belong. You are loved. You matter. Your work matters. I see A lot of hospitality is seeing, noticing, watching. Sometimes the sad one, sometimes the isolated one, sometimes the one celebrating. But no matter what, hospitality, an outward expression of the love of Christ, is to notice. And this means we have to slow down a bit. We have to get off our, you know, you're really not noticing people when you're doing this and doing this. That's not happening. So the, the idea that hospitality is uh, cheap and free is incorrect. It's actually pretty expensive. It costs time. It costs money. It costs some comfort. There's a little bit of discomfort related to hospitality. But this is the whole subversion of the kingdom of God. It starts with Christ in the middle. Matthew 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. This is Jesus speaking, Matthew 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I'll stop there. Zacchaeus, come down. I must stay in your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this. They began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Uh, Jesus, doesn't he know? Religious, powerful. The, we have a reputation to guard here, and now you're, you're, you're going with Zacchaeus. He's the enemy. He, he, he's, he's, he's been trying to destroy our town. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, 
I'll pay back four times the amount. Like even just being welcomed, your name is used, come down, I will be with you. His life goes upside down from everything he's ever known. And I have to think that's come in a vacuum of loneliness and not belonging, but this belonging and the special nature of Jesus to notice, to I see you, Zacchaeus, is the thing that flips his life upside down. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham, a son of faith. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The very purpose of God, seek and save the lost. And this is why broken people are so quick <laughs> to be sought and to find Jesus. It's a self-sufficient, the everything's going my way is a heck of a lot harder to find Jesus. You find him most often in desperate moments, in lonely moments, in broken moments, in recognition of, I, got, I don't have it. Yeah, you don't. Me neither. So what do we do? We got a Savior died for our sins and rose to offer us life now in hope and freedom and joy and everything good. I needed clothes and you clothed me, back to Matthew 25. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Wow. So in serving, in giving our lives away to those who are lost and broken and lonely and maybe different from us, maybe we have to enter into a little bit of our own discomfort to express a love and a knowing and a, I see you and you belong, all of those things. What happens is Jesus says, yeah, you did that to me. Well, no, I thought I was doing it to them. Well, yeah, anytime you're doing it to them that way with your hospi hospitable heart, this is what you have done to me. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The practice of hospitality begins in the human heart. We realize God's hospitable to us, so number one, we are grateful. Like just, just, if you realize how hospitable, how you belong, Marty, with all of your stuff, the natural response is gratitude. We can express that in worship. We can express that in prayer. We can express that in generosity. We can express that in service, but a heart that is grateful is a heart that is true because it recognizes what God has done and what he has said to us and how he activates that within us. Then it causes us to begin to practice more hospitality. It frees us up. Hospitality is a subversive and courageous action in a divided culture. Actions, words, memories, smells, even touch. You've got to be careful kind of in today. But uh, read the signals. You can tell if someone's a hugger, hug them. You can tell if they're not a hugger, shake their hand. But just, just pay attention 
see, look. A handshake can be very welcoming to a person that needs a handshake. But, but maybe you shake the hand maybe in a different way. Maybe you put your other hand on there. In, in Ethiopia, this is so cool. It's so humbling. Any older person, a younger person comes, shake hands, and they always put their other, their, their left hand, so they go like this, and they lift it up because the young person does not want to be a burden on the older person but wants to lift their burden. Is that cool? Like a cultural hospitality, a sign of respect, a sign of eldership, and a sign of I want to be less. I want to be a light to you. And you see this all over Ethiopia. It's intentional. It's thoughtful. We think about what will help them feel welcome, most often in the home, but it can really be everywhere, noticing, affirming, blessing. I want to tell you about one of my hospitality heroes, uh, Holman Mendoza. I, got, I brought a picture of him. It's a little bit picture of uh, my job with Young Life. Rafa Alejo, the director of Young Life in the Dominican Republic. Carolina Pujol, director of Young Life in South America. And Holman Mendoza, director of Young Life in Nicaragua, if you know any about the politics of the 80s, uh, the Sandinistas uh, were being fueled by the Russian government, uh, whereas uh, the United States was funding the Somoza government. I'm not going to get into the politics because there's two stories worth telling on both of those sides. But Holman was born in the 80s. He was raised as a revolutionary. I've seen his textbook. He showed me his, uh, you know, second grade math textbook. One AK-47 plus two AK-47s is how many AK-47s? This is how he's learning math. Two hand grenades plus two hand grenades is how many hand grenades? The Sandinistas realize if we don't start raising up revolutionaries that want to join our army and kill the enemy, then we're going to lose this war. And so, Holman was raised to be a Sandinista revolutionary. And his weapons really were going to be hand grenades, AK-47s, and whatever he could make available to do violence to the enemy. Until a guy named Emerson, who played basketball, didn't speak Spanish very well, walked into his neighborhood and said, do you want to play basketball? And Holman and his friends started playing basketball again and again and again. His Spanish wasn't very good, and neither was his basketball, but, they had, but he had one, and they didn't have a basketball, and they loved to play. They played every day until Emerson said, Holman, I want you to come to this Young Life camp with me. Remember, he's consorting with the enemy. I'm supposed to hate you, you're supposed to hate me. But we're playing basketball together. I'm really not sure about this, but he just decides kind of on a whim and he doesn't have something better to do to go to this Young Life camp. He meets Jesus. He eventually becomes a volunteer leader. He gets a college degree. He eventually goes on the Young Life staff. This is now about 15 years ago. But he told me a couple of years ago, the thing really flipped me up, upside down. He goes, Marty, I was raised to be a revolutionary. My weapons were going to be those of destruction. But he said, I'm still a revolutionary at heart. So I have new weapons because I want to change my nation. 
I want to change Central America. I want to change North America. I want to be part of God's changing the world. My new weapons of revolution are love and service and prayer and hospitality. But I want to fight with the same passion. I want to love my enemy. I want to welcome those who feel like they don't belong into the welcoming arms of the family of God. This is the subversive nature of the simple but radical, ordinary hospitality. And really, my admonition to everyone here today, practice. Like, just do something. That's tr- Okay, I'm going to practice that. I'm going to learn a name. I'm going to take a little more time at Starbucks. I'm going to have my neighbors over, my actual real neighbors, the one that live next to me. I'm going to invite them over for barbecue. Well, yeah, should you have a Bible study right away? Yeah, I kind of don't think so. Have a barbecue. Make good barbecue. Find out the beverage of their choice. Serve that beverage. It might not be your beverage. But this is the idea of hospitality, that this tribe, living streams, would be those who are most hospitable. And there really isn't something that's more hospitable or expresses hospitality better than breaking bread. That this is our symbol in the body of Christ. It's actually a revolutionary act to break bread together. You can pass out the elements. When you think about this, this is God welcoming you to his table. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know the I, I don't know the theologies. I, I don't know the doctrines. Or maybe I do, but I forgot them. Or maybe I'm not living them. I know them, but I don't live them. But, but no matter what, the, the welcoming nature of God is expressed most regularly and most simply in the act of communion. That God says, you belong with me. You are mine. We are brothers and sisters that I would propose to you not only is hospitality an act of revolution, taking communion together is an act of revolution. We are not going to live by the world's values. We are not going to think it's about stuff or achievement. We are going to think it about love God, experience His love, and love people. And this is the place within the church the tribe of the church that we come together and God expresses that belonging. I actually think the most stunning thing about communion was the first one. When Jesus offered communion to Judas, I can't believe this. He knew the betrayal. He knew what was going to happen. And he still says to Judas, you belong with me. So what this says to me is no matter how far you have drifted, no matter how far you are, if this is your first time in church in 22 years, God says, glad you're here. God, I mean, it's nice that we say glad you're here, but it's a little bit nicer and a lot more powerful that God says, glad you're here. Welcome home, welcome home. Let's share a meal together. And so communion expresses this idea of hospitality so beautifully, theologically, commended in Scripture, and also it is an action, seemingly ordinary, but like hospitality, subversive, powerful, and a lot more than the sum of the parts. Okay, I'm going to need elements. I'm going over there.
on the night in which he was betrayed. Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks, and he broke it. And he said to his friends, friends, this is my body broken for you. So let's take and eat the bread, the body of Christ. And likewise, he took the cup. Pretty ordinary in its day. Always an expression of hospitality. Always an expression of we are friends in this together. And in particular, if this is all new to you, this is the blood shed on a cross for your sin and mine and an offer of sweet forgiveness forever. Not, not just the past stuff, but the today stuff and the tomorrow stuff, which will come. Forgiven once and for all and again and again and again. And it's why he has commended communion to us so that we would remember that well. The blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sin, the new covenant, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Gosh, if you feel like you don't belong, I've failed, but please don't let my failure become yours. You belong. The whole Bible, all of God's history, every one of his expressions is to say to you and to me, and to call us by name, not some generic somebody, hey dude but to say to us, you belong, you're with me. We are together in this thing called life and I want you to have it in abundance. And for that very reason, you belong, we belong. Why? Because that's what God wants and he has a way of getting what he wants. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your hospitality toward us. We're a little bit nervous about being revolutionaries, but we can certainly invite our neighbor over. We can love him and we can pay attention. We can get to know the guy at Starbucks and remember his name, the gal at the bank that cashes the check. The guy at Safeway that's mopping the floor. Our neighbor, the one next door and behind us. We kind of ask for the gift of names and we ask for the practice of hospitality. That we would always be known as those weirdos that welcome everybody. 
they got something different. Indeed, the Holy Spirit indwells and expresses itself most beautifully in receiving God's love and expressing his love by loving other people. We just admit, Lord, we need help on this. Probably going to fumble a few times. Now, that's not news to you. We ask for your help. We ask for your fruitfulness and your thriving in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.